YouTube is a great place to find, uh, well, videos. It's also, of course, a great place to upload your videos. And if you get enough views and enough likes, well, it's a great place to make a few bucks. But unfortunately, when it comes to videos targeting your children, your kids, the social social media giant hasn't done such a great job in protecting them from advertising and data collection. In fact, in the U.S., the uh, FCC and the uh, New York Attorney General have reached a landmark settlement over allegations that YouTube has violated something known as the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And for more on this, let's welcome in David Graham. He is a lawyer who actually uh, represents YouTube creators and uh, joins us now with more here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon, and thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, first of all, this is settlement, uh, which is said to be upwards of $170 million. That's a significant amount. Uh, just why has a YouTube uh, agreed to pay out this money? Yeah, it, it's, it's huge. It's by far the biggest that has been uh, instituted for violations of COPPA. Uh, in, in short, uh, YouTube almost certainly violated the law here. Uh, this is not a court case that was decided by a judge. It was a settlement that was agreed to by the parties. And you only agree to a settlement that's that large if you're pretty sure that you yourself did the thing that you're accused of doing. So I, I think that YouTube agrees and Google agrees that uh, violations were made. Uh, YouTube showed advertisements, personalized advertisements to minors. Uh, YouTube tracked uh, online data of minors in doing so, and that's all against the law. That's against this thing called, as you just mentioned, COPPA, which stands for the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Uh, tell us a little more about that, David. What is that exactly? Sure. So uh, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act uh, is a rule that came into effect in the late 90s. The idea behind it is just to protect kids online a little bit better. So their personal information is protected in a way uh, in the U.S. that uh, other people's information is not really protected. Uh, so their personalized info, that is to say that their name, their address, you know, sort of information that you could use to identify them uh, cannot be cannot be used, cannot be maintained unless you have their parents' permission. So, so the idea is not to take kids offline entirely. It's instead to provide them a little bit better protection, to provide their parents a little bit more information about what's going on online. Uh, and then a few years ago, the definition of what is considered personal info was expanded to things that you can use to track people online. They're online data called web cookies and, and sort of similar info. Um, so when you're showing personalized ads, custom ads to people on YouTube, the only way to do that is if you've tracked where else they've been online. If somebody has searched Google for a toy truck or something, you may see that a toy truck ad shows up on YouTube because they know that you've been there. So if you're tracking that kind of info for somebody who was under the age of 13 and you haven't given their parents uh, notice or, or you know, chance to really give permission, then that is against the law. Okay, under COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, uh, who is responsible for identifying whether or not the user is, is a minor? Is it YouTube uh, itself, or has this got to come from the uh, user's end, that uh, parents are the ones that have kind of got to police their kids' online uh, behavior and to make sure that, uh, you know, something like YouTube knows that this is somebody under the age of 13 who's viewing their videos? So it's a bit of a mixed bag. So on, on one side you do ask for uh, people to confirm their age. So right, very common to see online that there's some kind of an age gate at the beginning of a website. Uh, and, and YouTube has that as well. So if you're trying to create an account on YouTube, if you'd like to upload videos, or if you want to be able to comment on YouTube channels, then you need to say that you're 13, right? So that is, that is the safeguard that they had in there. But in addition to that, 
if you are doing what YouTube did and you're marketing your place as the best place to reach kids online, if you have an entire section of YouTube that is directed specifically to children, if you have a bunch of channels that are making their money specifically to children, if you're telling companies like Mattel and Hasbro that you're the, you know, the best place to advertise to kids, then you know that you're targeting kids. Even if you're sort of trying to say that, well, only people who are 13 years and older can be here, you know that's not true. Right, so that's that, that's what YouTube was doing. Yeah, obviously there's vast amounts of money to be made here. Is that why uh, YouTube perhaps uh, didn't uh, strictly enforce uh, some of these uh, guidelines in uh, COPPA? I, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, so you know, you got to you got to think if you're the legal side of YouTube, uh, this, is, this is pretty tough. You know, you must have not been happy that the marketing side of YouTube was marketing it as being so for kids. Obviously, the lawyers there must have known that that was the bad way to go, but whatever, there must have been some internal, you know, miscommunication, or maybe they just ignored it. And, and so, yeah, uh, hard to say, of course, how much money they made in targeting children in this way, but um, must have been a lot of money. Well, when they pay out $170 million, as we just mentioned, in uh, fines and this uh, landmark settlement that's been reached with the Attorney General there in uh, New York and with the uh, Federal Trade uh, Commission, Again, that's certainly an eye-popping number, $170 million. But did uh, YouTube at all, uh, David, did they sort of fight back and say, like uh, we've heard from the likes of Facebook and Twitter when it comes to policing their sites, that, uh, listen, we just got so many videos and so many users, we, we can't possibly be responsible for everything on our site, that sometimes some of that responsibility uh, lands on the other side uh, with the parents? Well, so all we really have is the complaint that the FTC and the New York uh, Attorney General filed against, against Google, and then the settlement. And so it's not really a sort of drawn-out court case where you have a lot that both sides say. You really only have those couple things and then what they're willing to put out uh, you know, via PR. And that's, and that's sort of it. So in, in those materials, no, there hasn't really been a whole lot of pushback from Google or from YouTube. I, I think that they're probably just trying to take this one and, and sort of move forward from it. Uh, I think you're right that there may be similar issues for other parties. And, in fact, the FTC itself said that that's part of why they find it this, this amount. You know, so they, they explicitly said that this is the lar largest fine that they've given. And the reason for that, in part, is to make everybody else pay attention and sort of have the public be aware of this and to have the other social networks and, and other websites online have to pay attention to this. So, you, you know, you got to think if you're Facebook, if you're Twitter, if you're something else like that, you must be sort of having to rethink how, how you do things. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay, well, that was my next question is moving forward, moving on from this, uh, do you expect that uh, rules are going to change uh, when it comes to marketing and advertising online to children? I, you know, I'm not sure that the rules themselves will change. I think, it, I think it may, that is to say the legal rules, I think it may be more that the rules in the sense of, of how websites handle themselves online, I think that, that stuff might change. If there's going to be a little bit more activity out of the FTC and if state's attorneys general uh, sort of get involved, then I could certainly see there being, uh, you know, more effort on the part of the websites and, and social networks to really take this stuff seriously in a way that they haven't before. Yeah. Do we need a better definition of what uh, made for kids, uh, what that uh, means? I mean, is it just uh, videos that are put up on the YouTube uh, subcategory, the YouTube uh, kids channel, as it were? So this is, this is really the biggest point of contention. Um, so the, the biggest issue uh, is really that people who make videos online for YouTube are just sort of individuals, you know, for the most part, small businesses. 
And it's now on them to decide whether their video content counts as made for kids in a way that could get them in trouble with either YouTube or the FTC. Uh, and they have to sort of figure that out. So there's, there's not much guideline from YouTube toward the channels to help them sort of figure out whether their stuff is made for kids. Um, there is better guideline coming from the FTC. There's a little bit more in the way of clarity uh, if you sort of get into the weeds. But, you know, that, that's not something that's easy to do for people who are more accustomed to making videos than to looking up the laws. Uh, so I would love to see a better effort on the part of YouTube to helping content creators understand whether their stuff counts as kids. Look, if, if you're making a video that, you know, features a cute storyline, maybe it's cartoons, maybe it's a kid hanging out with their parents, that sort of stuff is probably going to be directed to children, which is the real legal standard if something is directed to children rather than made for kids. But there are certainly things on the margins. Um, there are videos that will appeal both to children and to adults. And that probably is not directed to children for the sake of the law, but, you know, maybe up in the air. And so there, there's a gray area here where lots of YouTube channel creators are concerned. Um, you know, of course, the downsides, if, if they don't accurately mark their content as being made for kids, but YouTube thinks it is made for kids, then they could lose a bunch of revenue. They could be fined. Um, in worst case scenario, it may be even that the FTC finds individual channels. You know, we don't have any indication that that will happen, but maybe. Mm. So there's certainly a lot that that's on the line for the channel. Just uh, finally, how concerned are governments, uh, we're talking about uh, in your country, in the U.S., but uh, here in Canada, around the world when it comes to this sort of thing? Because I think traditionally we've seen that uh, governments and lawmakers are playing catch-up when it comes to uh, enacting uh, laws, when it comes to uh, the Internet and, you know, sites like YouTube. Yeah, I think that's not easy to follow. You know, the, the rate of change online is just so fast. It's hard for the law to keep up in many instances. But I, I do think that other countries are concerned about this stuff as well. In fact, the YouTube, I'm sorry, the, uh, the U.S. is, I would say, less concerned about privacy than many other countries' laws are. Uh, so if, if even the U.S. is cracking down on this, then, then yeah, absolutely, I think that other countries are, are concerned as well. All right, we'll leave it there. Lawyer David Graham with us this afternoon. David, thanks so much. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks again.